When marriage certificates became licenses to kill, I swore my final declaration of love at the altar, signing up for a war I did not see coming. To him, I was most beautiful when battered, enchanting when shattered. Some people are only attracted to each other because their demons know each other, he chanted. You are not lost, my lover. As his hellfish stormed upon my flesh, each thud, a reminder of the cyclone that hurled when dad loved mom. The cycle continues in my own home. The storm is spinning his arms, throwing out all his rain and wind while I, the eye of the storm, look on blindly. Maybe if these hands that battered were those of another, it would be battered within. I kept thinking blow after blow. Better be killed by the one you know than the one you don't. So I stayed. The weatherman's predictions cannot measure the storm in the manner I mesmerize the monster in it. Stay to see it leave. See how well I stomach his glee. I'm a woman. I can handle my business, damn it. Sleep, woman. But sleep only numbs the pain. I've shed more tears than I have petitioned in prayer. With pierced sides I weep blood. But even that is not atonement enough for the cleansing of knuckles or the coloring of his demise with my demise. How dust and ash excellently envelop intimate partner violence. One in three women might not see the next 16 days. Every ninth second finds a woman whopped. One in three women might not see the next 16 days. A jade panayoto, a rievastien gump, a karawa mokwena. One in three women might not see the next 16 days. One in every stop. Stop, I'm not a stat. These blue rings and bruises are badges of my loyalty, the honor to my vow, till death do us apart. What you've been listening to is a poem aimed at shedding light on one of South Africa's biggest social ills, gender-based violence. It's titled, When It Rained, It Poured, and is one of the many offerings by performance poet Emma Mabie, whose writing is inspired by either experience observation or commission. The cheerful 34-year-old whose youthful appearance could lead her to be mistaken for a teenager says she knew from a young age that she was born to be heard. An advocate for black female representation in various sectors, Mabi believes that merely encouraging black women to take up space is not enough. Join me, Mulebuchem Mokoka, as I find out why and what Mabi is doing to change this in this week's episode of the Winning Women podcast. It was uh, a friend of mine in matric, Mpoma um, Kibelo, who just randomly, I'm sitting next to her at the desk and like going through one of her journals. And I'm like, but there's something that looks creative here, you know. What are you doing? How do you write stuff like this? And she's like, no, you just write Tom Affair, you know. And that's actually how it started for me. 
I just started writing randomly. I was a closet writer for the longest of time. Uh, even in varsity, I think my first year, I was just like, you know, writing down low, coming back home and only then chilling with the, you know, with some of my friends and reading some of our stuff. And I realized most, there are other children here who are doing poetry, right? And it's not children from your Model C schools, but about collection and writing the best of poetry pieces, which is not in our books, you know, which was an absolute fascination for me. A lot of the time we look around us and we relay the situation of the world. We relay the events that touch us, right? So for me, I write about whatever I feel speaks to me, of me, about me. So, and that is what I mean from observations, that we look at the stories that other people, um, you know, have lived. And I'm like, I want to write about that. I'd like to bring this person's story to the world. It's also about commissioned work, which for me is the greatest of challenges. Because there, if I remember my favorite one was Fagoke's Digital Innovation um, Festival, where they're talking about fourth industrial revolution, right? So this is about coding and artificial intelligence and 4IR and the lot. Not my field of expertise, nor my field of interest. But then they're like a catch up here, right, about this festival, which we have and I'm like, oh my gosh. The reason I find it so hard is because, as I said, it's not a field of interest. But the greatest challenge because now I have to dig up inside of me and start writing things relevant for what I'm being commissioned for, you know. And the work that comes out of it is just absolutely amazing sometimes and which actually makes my favorite pieces. So it depends. Um, if it's commissioned work, then I will have to write according to script. This is what it is and I will deliver it. When marriage certificates became licenses to kill, at the time it was the looking at how many people have died in marriages at the hands of men, right, their husbands. Now it's just being in a relationship is like a license to kill, <laughs> you know. Um, the gender-based violence goes without saying in this country. It is alarming, absolutely alarming. I have not been in a relationship that is abusive. My parents have not been abusive. But having friends who've gone through such things, knowing people who have gone through such things, then propelled me to write about it in such a manner that I felt convicted. And so I thought, ah, how, well, I hope that it also convicts other people. Despite the support she received from her parents, Mavi's relationship with her mother did not come without its challenges. These were the driving force behind Mavi's hardest poems to write and most emotional ones to perform. It's titled Motherless, and was written in 2015. I've tried to scrub the floors a bit harder, mother. Wash, iron, and cook to perfection. The standard being you. Everything I have ever done, I have overdone to make you proud, to make you smile, and just to hear well done. Nothing more, mother, just that. But no amount of top academic achievements, strengthening of weaknesses, sweat, blackened knees, reddened eyes and hardened hands could sensitize your callous heart. My whole life's worth has lain on those very factors, my character weighted by chores. Even such calibrates cows for my hand in marriage, am I enough for you, mother? I'd always had a great relationship with my mother, absolutely always. Um, my bestie, 
you know. And then at some point when the expectations are then placed on your workshop, you're done with studies, where's the man, where's the child? And I'm just like, um, but what time did you sit down with me and ask, but what do you want to do with your life instead of imposing things on me? And I would then sometimes wonder, well, what happened to you for you to be projecting on me like this? And my parents don't talk about the things which they went through. Because sometimes if I actually, maybe if I understood why the pressures, right? I this, maybe there was just like a necessary tension around like ridiculous things, absolutely ridiculous things where you're just like, why are we fighting over these things? You know, um, the comparisons as well. I absolutely hate comparisons. I do not compare me. I do things by my own timing, my own record. I don't care what anybody else is doing. So when you are not putting pressure on me based on what, and there's a line where I say that um, something along the lines of where you were looking at me, but with other daughters in your eyes, right? Because you did not find out about me. You don't know where I'm standing financially. Um, and it matters too, that if you want to start a family, are you financially okay? For me, I need to have things, <laughs> to a certain extent, at least planned out, you know? Um, I know how much my parents worked and put things together to make it happen for me. I'd also like a child to actually come into this world with a certain level of comfort, not have to strive in the manner in which my parents did for us, you know? And I just wish that more parents could sit down with their children and say, what do you think is your purpose in life? Maybe then you would understand the decisions which I'm making and how I'm taking them, you know? What if marriage is not for me? What if not wanting children is for me? Ask me these things before you go comparing me to other people. During the COVID-19 coronavirus lockdown in June this year, Mavi began hosting Facebook Live discussions called Real Talking Sessions. The aim? To learn from artists who've made a success of their career and to equip younger artists like herself with skills on maneuvering the industry and being successful in their crafts. That pandemic really crippled the economy and a whole lot of people's lives. So people were then now migrating more to doing online things, online discussions. And me, is just like, I don't want to do it because everybody's doing it. <laughs> you know, honestly, it's just like, I don't want to go there. And uh, I think I like my talks being reserved to just my poetry. But then as I'm watching more of these online discussions, I'm realizing that they're not talking about certain things which I'd like to hear. And where there's a vacancy, obviously then, and you don't feel satisfied, do something about it because I can't just sit and complain. So I wanted to be hearing certain topics and I was not hearing them or not hearing enough of them. And especially in poetry where we're like, everybody asks about the fame and the success, but what about the things that happen behind the scenes as well? Let's talk about the admin of poetry. Um, I wanted to be talking to the people who had made it without social media. Because you must understand that what people like Aslebo Mashile, Makafule Vilagazi, you know, they've been around for more than 15 years. And you wonder to yourself, how? Without the assistance to a certain extent of social media, how did they make it? Let's learn that there's certain things which are fundamental and core, which with or without social media, need to, to be honed in, right? Let's learn from them. Let's learn from old blood. And also to say that 
all too often then the young blood comes and says, but how do you make it as a success? And you're like, do you actually know the things that go into becoming the success? Nobody sits you down and talks to you about these things. Nobody tells you about your rates. Nobody tells you about contracts. Nobody tells you about invoicing. We just learned as we went because we started off with passion, right? But then now the corporates start come knocking at your door and then you're just like, uh, so uh, I don't know, <laughs> you know, am I even underpassing myself right now, you know? So um, I really thought that it was important that we have these discussions and not just like, you know, private sessions and whatnot. Make it publicly known. Let these children know what they're getting themselves into. It's not enough to take up space. You'll see in corporate that, sure, there are women at the table. You have your space. But you're muted. What's the point of taking up space and not being heard? That's where the voice comes in as well. In you taking up space, let that space be filled with your voice as well. And I can only hope that <laughs> in the eyes, some people said that, yeah, you know, you are already a brand right now. You are, yes, I'm taking up space. And I'm very grateful to say that, yes, I'm being heard. Um, I don't think that you can be heard enough. While Mabi hasn't been able to get on stage, or as she describes it, her happy place, due to lockdown restrictions, she has immersed herself full-time into her job as a tax consultant. A self-proclaimed nerd who's good with both numbers and words, the only thing she wants to be remembered for is igniting souls. This brings us to the end of this week's episode. Keep tuning in as we feature more queens making things happen. Hashtag winning women. Mm -hmm.